Hello and welcome to the Freedom House Movement Podcast. I'm Rainer Kendrick and my wife, Laurieann, and I have a heart for equipping sons and daughters of God to move in total freedom and pursue the connection of heaven to earth. In today's episode, we hope you enjoy Laurieann's message recorded at Oak City Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks for joining us and God bless. This week we have some exciting guest speakers, as mentioned before, Laurieann and Rainer Kendrick. Laurieann, you're, you're, you're going to do most of the speaking. Come on up. Y'all welcome Laurieann. She's an amazing woman. I've known Laurieann for several years. I think we may have said this before, but they packed up all their six kids, dropped their jobs in faith, moved out to Redding, California, and uh, with their troop, troop of children and are attending the Bethel School of Ministry in the fall, and they just have an amazing ministry, so we are honored uh, it's so fun to hear from people who you know are paying the ultimate sacrifice. Like they, they, are doing, they, have, they are living the laid-down, abandoned life uh, for the Lord. And it's just an honor to hear from them and encouragement to, to hear what all God's doing in them. So, Lorraine. All right. Thanks so much for having us. Um, I was just asking the Lord what we were going to talk about today. And it's exactly what Farah was talking about, finding the hidden love of God in our need. And if it's okay with you guys, I, um, it, I may be a little messy today because I like have notes on paper. Because for me, my whole life, I didn't know how to be messy until I made a mess. And God sat down with me and said, you want to build something? We don't have to clean this up. What if we build something? What if you saw things like you never did before because you weren't afraid to take a risk? So that I felt like the Lord wanted to give me a gift today, and like he asked me to give you a gift. I feel like when we have revelation and we have encounter, we get to give it away. And what I want to give you today is the gift of how to wait well. We have six children, and our youngest is adopted. And when we started our adoption, I kind of thought truly like, God's so good, he's going to prove his goodness to everyone around me by making our adoption the fastest in history, (laughs) except that's not how he did it. I found his goodness in the heartbreak of waiting and in being really heart sick because of the waiting and in how to learn how when I was begging him that I could become a mother, I had to learn how to be a child. And it undid me for years at a time, and it got messy And I kept thinking, well, God's going to show me, like, when I get to the end of this waiting, I'm going to have this figured out. And here's what I learned. He loves our process. But he said, I'm going to give you my son. He's going to be God with you. He's going to be with you. And I moved from being motivated by fear my entire life, fear that if I wasn't perfect, God wasn't going to actually answer the prayer. If I wasn't perfect, God wasn't going to show up. I thought I was waiting on God. And then I learned how to wait in him. And that's the gift I want to leave with you guys today. Is anybody here waiting on anything? Really? Y'all are amazing. You got like five people. Come on. Okay, well, y'all actually pray for me afterwards. So how many of you know that one encounter with God would change your entire life? That when he speaks, he creates. 
When he says something to you like, take courage, he's actually speaking courage. The breath of heaven is speaking courage, and then you get a choice of taking it. But when your hands look like this, that's how my hands looked. I was so afraid because I thought, if I open this up to give him something really small, what my surrender looks like, I don't know if he's going to give anything back. And now I just, I, I literally walk around like this because I have to remember to take what he's offering, to give him what I have and to take. So I'm going to share a little bit of our adoption story today and just the ways that God has wrecked my heart, the ways that I've learned to not have it all wrapped up and to every day give myself a clean slate, to come to him a wreck every morning. <laughs> like my kids know, I get up before them, and they know like if, if they come downstairs before I'm like out of my chair, like that's like mom's going to be crying Mom's going to be doing her thing there, and you're going to want to just, like, get a book and go to the other room. And you can sit in there, you know, like, sometimes they're like, they'll just sit there. And our, one of our twins, he says, Jesus, instead of Jesus, he'll say, are you talking to Jesus? Like, yes. He's like, I'll give you a minute. Um, <laughs> so learning to not be afraid of disappointment to me, is what heaven on earth feels like. It's learning how to navigate moving from having this far-off God to having a father who wants to be with you in it. I was completely motivated by fear. I was so afraid of being disappointed. And then one day God said, do you think maybe we could learn to navigate disappointment? Because when you've stopped dreaming, you've stopped living. And I'm no longer afraid to navigate disappointment. If I see an opportunity for disappointment, I realize that if I go all in and I believe God is as good as I want him to be, I'm either going to get on the other end of that and I'm going to be disappointed and I'm going to pour that out as an offering to him, or I'm going to get on the other end of that and it's going to be better than I thought. He's a God who takes you to the other end, but you don't get to the other end unless you go through it. So we started our adoption, was it maybe he's a while ago. He says a while ago. I'm like, it was like 6.9 years ago. Um, and one night I was just praying. We had two children at the time, and we were just praying. And I just knew that we were going to adopt, but I was just waiting to hear from the Lord. And I said, Lord, tell me about our next baby. Are we called to adopt? Are we supposed to have a biological baby? And he showed me an oyster with a pearl. And then it just closed, and he said, she's yours to find. Well, that should have been my first indicator that we were, like, on a hunt. I just thought, turns out, I thought we were going to have, like, a supernatural pearl that, like, wasn't actually formed from grit. But that's not what he did. Um, so I was so motivated by the value that I saw in this pearl and in who I knew our child to be that we were willing to do anything. And so we started the process, and we were like, we're adopting from China. And then the Lord was like, no, that's not what we're doing. We ended up changing, and we started adopting from Ethiopia. We stayed in that process for about three years, and we went through years of paperwork and years of waiting and um, ended up getting pregnant with twins, which just was messy, <laughs> you know? Like, you say yes to three, and God's like, awesome, how about five? <laughs> and I just learned how to give myself the grace to be like, hey, this really looks messy, and I'm not sure, like, 
did anybody, was anybody here when Joaquin was talking last week and he was talking about like when someone, when you get a gift that's not what you asked for, it's like, I, I, you know, no, this was a baby. She's in Ethiopia. Here's the deal. And the Lord's like, great, here's two boys. Here's two brothers for her. And they wrecked me. Their names mean joy and gladness. And that's what they carry. And that's what they brought. And they like tore open my heart in this way that I was like, okay, God, that's who you are. You give double. You give double. So the week after um, we get home from having the boys, we're ready to gear up and start going after Pearl again. And the agency calls and they said, Ethiopia shut down. You're not going to be able to adopt anymore. And it was heartbreaking because I said, Lord, you said this, and I don't know what to do with this information. And we prayed, and he said, how about we go after where you're, what you're really afraid of? And what I was really afraid of, it was the vulnerability of a domestic adoption and what it would look like to be in relationship with a birth mother. And as soon as I said, I'm afraid, God said, you're not afraid. You feel afraid. Who you are is my daughter. He said, let's validate these feelings, but you don't get to say who you are that doesn't line up with my perfect love for you. So I started to say, I feel afraid. And that actually became an invitation to have intimacy with the Father. So I realized, okay, I don't have to be afraid of feeling disappointed because I am not disappointed. I am a daughter. I am full of hope. But when I give myself the grace of validating my feelings, I can validate feelings without giving authority to them. And that's where you get the breakthrough because you're free to make a mess when you know who you are. When you know who you are as a child of God, you go make a mess. You say, I feel this. You just bring it all, like so much snot. I mean, all the things in front of the Lord. I told God, I was like, I want to learn how to do this really well. And he said, I want you to read the Psalms. And I started reading the Psalms, and I was like, I'm going to read through them, and then when we get to the end of that, our adoption's going to be done. So I've been reading Psalms every day for six years. Um, and there's not as many as you might think. Um, so I'm going to read today out of Psalm 27. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So we start the process over to do domestic adoption. And you're totally putting your heart out there because you're writing a book and you're writing a letter. And it's like, here are the pictures. Here's, here's what God's told us. Basically, would you partner with heaven and say yes to us? And it became so messy because I was so afraid. My fear of rejection was ruling my life. And God said, she's coming. She's coming, but I'd like for, for you to look at me first. Can you fully stand before me in all of this, and can we work on this before we do this? And I was so afraid of waiting. And I even said, God, can we not wait? And he said, why don't we talk about what waiting is? So I read this same verse every single day. And one day the Lord said, why don't you look it up? Why don't you see what I think waiting is? Because for me, it felt like a physical weight.
through what I was not holding. All I could see was what God was not doing in my life. So I looked into this verse. And the Hebrew word for weight is kava. It's a verb. See, he's not asking you to just sit. It's actually a verb. He's inviting you to action, and it's a command. And it means to bind together, to be intertwined, to hope, to expect. So this verse, if you read it with the correct translation, or my favorite translation, in the Passion Translation, it says, instead of some translations that say, wait for the Lord, this says, be entwined as one with the Lord. He said, how about instead of waiting on me, you wait in me? What if you don't question every day the desires of your heart? What if you become entwined with me? What if you completely expose your heart to me and let me completely expose my heart to you? We think waiting is a scary thing because culture tells us if we're good enough, we'll have it instantly. We have everything at our fingertips. We all have phones you could pull up. You don't have to wait. Like you want an Uber, you're going to know like exactly when you're going to be picked up. You get instant messages. All the things are instant. And we're taught that success looks like instant results. The more money you make, the better your technology is so that your life has more instant results. And that's just not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God says waiting is being intertwined with me. It's when my heart becomes your heart and you actually lose sight of what your desires are and you partner with heaven and his desires become your desires. It's this beautiful exchange. It's literally like this DNA ladder of when I'm weak, he's strong because he interlocks his heart with ours. You know, like David was known as the greatest worshiper, a man after God's own heart. The reason that he was a man after God's own heart is because he gave God his own heart. Like if you're going through something and you feel like maybe you're a little bit too emotional about it, you just need to read Psalms. Like I'm like, whoa, David, coming in hot on that one. Like it can't be that bad. But then every time he gets to the end and he remembers. And so I said, Lord, would you teach me to do that? And there was like this lull, and he said, you really want to know what you're, how you're doing it versus how I need you to do it? I was like, yeah, I really do. <laughs> and he said, I want to transform your mind, but I'm going to have to get to your heart first. If our hearts are going to be one, then you're going to have to remove those walls. Then you're going to have to let me in. You're going to have to start being honest about how you feel. We're going to have to actually talk about why you feel afraid that I'm never going to answer your prayers. We're going to have to talk about why you feel like a birth mother's never going to choose you. We're going to have to talk about all the things that you put in all the places. And so I just said, God, teach me how to do that. And I'm still unpacking some of that stuff. But the beauty of intimacy with God is messy. But it's heaven. It looks like the garden. It looks like being fully yourself in front of a father who's not looking at your flaws, who's locked eyes with you saying, there you are, I love you. There you are, I love you. So I said, okay, God, show me what I'm doing. And I had this vision. In my vision, 
I'm turned like this, and I'm looking at an empty chair. And it's all I can see. Everything around it is black, and I see this empty chair. And I'm like, that is the seat that Pearl is created to sit in. I know how big it is. I know what it needs to be. I've prayed that it would be exactly what it, like, I know her place. I know what you've promised me, God. This is the empty chair. Yes, now you're telling me, pray that that seat is filled. And he's like, would you turn? And so I'm looking at the empty seat, and I'm like, I'm afraid that if I take my eyes off this, if I let control go of this, what will happen? And I turn, and I'm at the banquet table. And he said, in the presence of your enemy, in the presence of your fear, in the presence of doubt, in the presence of fear of rejection, in the presence of the lies that I'm not good, I'm preparing a table for you. You know what the word repent means? It means to turn. It means to turn from only seeing what God's not doing in your life and building your theology on what he's not doing or not doing it the way you want him to. And it means repenting and saying, God, all of this is available. What I saw there, I was like, I've tasted this before. I remember what hope tastes like. I remember this. And then I saw platters, like these silver platters that were covered, and I was like, God, what's that? And he's like, those are the ones I'm going to save for you. You're not ready for those yet, but they're going to be right when they're ready. And slowly we began to, like, unpack them. And what I noticed was one day I said, can we talk about the chair? Because it's, it's still there. And he said, yeah, this is what waiting in me looks like. You say here at the table. And when I reached my arm out, he let me scoot the chair up, and I pulled her up beside me. And I now had what I needed in my peripheral instead of before me, and I began to feast on the goodness of God, and she was invited to come to the table as well. It was never my job to get her to that chair. It was always my job to pull her alongside of me. Whatever you're waiting on, if it's a person if it's a spouse, if it's a baby, if it's breakthrough with relationship, it's never God's intention that you would be so good at waiting or so good at having the perfect faith that he would move on your behalf. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. When you're here, you're waiting on God, and there's a separation, and what actually happens is that you start thinking like, okay, I've got to strive because my belief here, when I'm looking at this chair, my belief here is that I have to do something to move the heart of the Father. I have to pray more. I have to fast more. Maybe I'll just stop the whole thing. Maybe I'll start it again. i got to do all this stuff so that he's going to be motivated enough to fill this empty space. When I'm here, I'm waiting in God. My heart's exposed to him, and I have the freedom to say, I feel heartbroken. And he has the invitation to my life to say, your heart's going to be whole. Sit here with me. You just need to fill up a little bit more. When you're here, you're fighting for victory. At the table, you're fighting from victory. The feasting table, the banquet table, is the nature of God. When you see what's available, when you see everything that's there, it begins to prophesy to your life. 
when you start to see other people who've pulled up alongside and you start to ask other people their stories, would you tell me about what it was like to feast on that? What did it taste like? I haven't had that meal yet. Can you tell me about that part of God? That's what it's like. Here, your heart's sick. All you can see is the chair. And no gift other than the person or the thing that's supposed to sit in that chair is going to fulfill you because you can't take your eyes off of the chair. And I hate to say it, but I resented God so much because he wasn't doing what I asked him to do. Yeah, turns out he can handle that. I didn't turn and find an empty table, and he, he wasn't on the other end of this board table like, you think maybe we can talk about that, and then they'll bring the food out? No. He's like, let's talk between bites. You just tell me everything. I've been here waiting on you. I love you. Would you feast on me? In this place, you turn away from being heartsick, and you become strengthened in joy. If he's going to be there and he wants you to be strong in joy, then he's going to give you joy in the waiting. But you know how you get to joy? Is you go all the way to the other end of grief. It's like a lake. Brene Brown says it's a lake. And you have to swim through it to get to the other side. (laughs) So this is where I began to live my life. Every day, sometimes moment to moment, I had to turn from the chair of what I didn't see God doing to the feasting table. And I started to see things differently. And I started to trust my own heart enough to say, all right, Lord, I trust you. When I don't understand, I trust you because I see what you're capable of. I let the nature of God as I feast on your goodness. And I mean feast like worship, reading the word of God, laughing, enjoying your life, feasting on his goodness, began to prophesy who he was and who he would be. And I began to believe him. Not because I have perfect faith, but because his love wrecked every bit of fear I had in my life. And for me, that looked like every day coming before him and being a mess being like David and saying, this is how I really feel. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I thought you would do this. And then turning and saying, God, you're good. Remind me of your goodness. Remind me. This simple act of repenting will transform your mind. When you let your heart be exposed to the Father, you'll find his heartbeat. When you let waiting be binding together, you forget where he begins and you end. So we start being shown to birth mothers, and we get shown to 26 birth mothers. So each time it's like, here's the case, write her a personal letter, and um, I think maybe there were 23 of the 26 that we actually knew when she was in labor. And the Lord would wake me up at night and I would know that she was in labor and I would pray for her and I would pray for her as if this was our child. 
And then we'd get a call and they would say, she chose somebody else. And I would just pour it out before the Lord. I would just, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna navigate disappointment. I'm gonna get to the end of this and I'm gonna let all of that come out. (laughs) Our church family at the time, they like designated like a special area on Sunday mornings for me because it was just so messy. Because I was like, I'm gonna be like David. I'm gonna pour it all out there and I'm gonna get to the other end of this because I know that God is good because I've sat at the feasting table and I refuse to look at a chair of what he's not doing when he has prepared a banquet for me in the presence of my fear, in the presence of the lies, and in presence of my disappointment, he has created and prepared a feast for me. I'm not gonna be a hungry child when he asks me to be a daughter and a queen who knows how to feast. I'm gonna give myself that gift and I'm gonna give him that gift because that is the greatest sacrifice. When we actually begin to pour out those things that feel like this may be too messy before the Lord, he's like, this is actually called incense and this is an offering. This is what worship looks like, is me giving you all of the things and then saying, yet I believe you. It doesn't look like saying, I don't feel those things. I don't feel that because I have faith. That's not what it looks like. You can do that, but it doesn't work. So we get to birth mother number 26, and um, side note, I'm also at this point eight and a half months pregnant with our fifth child. Um, The way that God does math in our family is just so great. So we get to the end of uh, birth mother 26, I'm eight and a half months pregnant, our paperwork expires, and pretty much everything says you guys should probably just stop. Like, People are getting uncomfortable at this point because I'm about to have a baby and I'm still trying to bring home this other baby. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'd tell Rainer, I'm like, I don't know if I have another one in me right now. I think maybe we'll just take a break. And the Lord's like, I fi- are you saying you feel tired? I'm like, I feel tired. It's like, let's go to bed and we'll talk about it tomorrow. I wake up the next morning and God's like, good morning. Has anyone ever been woken up when you can like feel his excitement and you actually feel like, oh, something's about to happen? So he's like, good morning. Psalm 27, remember? I'm like, why are you saying the number 27? We're at the 26th birth mother. Like, I'm done here. I got nothing. And he's like, let's go read it one more time. Here's what it says. Yet... I totally trust you to rescue me one more time so that I can see once again how good you are while I'm still alive. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. So I said, okay, let's... Let's turn away from the chair again. Let's do this. And the father said, can we have a clean slate? And I was kind of thinking, didn't we have a clean slate yesterday? Like, I'm still working on this. And, and he said, yeah, I love clean slates. That's where I get to pour out. When you give me a clean slate, 
I get to show you how good I am. So we said, okay. 27 is a pretty special number to me because of the psalm. So I'll, I'll give you birth mother number 27. We'll see what you want to do with that, God. So later that day, we get a phone call about a birth mother. And the agency was like, um, now it's, I don't think you're going to want to tell her that you're eight and a half months pregnant. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell her. So I said, can we write her a letter? And we wrote her a letter. And we said, we're about to have a baby. But I know God to be a God of immeasurably more. We're believing for a double portion. Would you say yes to giving us supernatural twins? And the agency said, I, I think maybe you should tone this back. I'm like, oh, you don't know. I can navigate disappointment like I am doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets the letter, and they called us back, and they're like, you're not going to believe this. But she said yes. So the day before we had our fifth baby, <laughs> I don't know, right? We talked to her on the phone, and she said, I need to know one thing. What are you going to name her? And I said, well, I said, this part feels really vulnerable for me because you might not like the name but this is the name that God's given us. I said, her name is Pearl because the gates of heaven are made from a single pearl and she opened up heaven for us. I wanted to become a mother and I became a child. And I experienced the like cut your heart open kind of open heaven encounters with the Lord that brought intimacy and that brought fruit that actually lasts in my life. So we start telling her that her name is Pearl and she said, can you stop for just a minute? And I looked at Rainer, I'm like, oh, she doesn't like the name. And she said, that's my name. That's the kind of God we serve. Those are the details that he cares about. I didn't just pull up a seat to the banquet heaven, or the banquet table of heaven for my daughter. I pulled up a seat for her birth mother. I got to tell her about the reckless love of God that doesn't care about how comfortable I am about the way this seat is supposed to be. Open hands lets other people come up to the table. I got to tell her, God gave me your name six years ago, and I've watched God form something in my heart. And every day when I look at our daughter, because she's my daughter, and she's also her daughter. Every day when I look at her, I get to tell her about the open gates of heaven that you ushered in. Twenty-six turns over to twenty-seven. That's who God is. He does more than you ask for. He does more than you ask for. I feel like the Lord's asking for an invitation today that some of you would just say, I think I could trust you one more time. He can handle that. He can handle if all you have is I can trust you one more time. Because when you wake up the next day, you can trust him one more time to turn away from what you don't see God doing and say, what are you doing? What are we talking about right now? If we're not talking about this, he's so gracious to let you pull that seat up. 
but he's gracious enough to tear down the walls around your heart and gently give you his heart back. You see, his, I asked for a baby. He gave us a family. I asked to be a mother, and I became a queen because I learned to be a daughter who's not afraid to navigate disappointment. And it broke fear in my life, and it broke performance in my life. Because at any point, when I start feeling those things, I just repent. I turn back towards the goodness of God. I let the goodness of God be the ruling indicator of how I'm doing, not my feelings. I can honor my feelings, but I don't give them the authority because they don't deserve the authority. I can feel disappointed, but when I feel disappointed in the presence of God, it looks like being held. And I don't feel rushed. I don't feel rushed to fix it all up so that I can come to church and I can look pretty. I feel the Father's gentleness in saying, we can stay here as long as you need to because we're doing something really deep. And what I feel over each of you today is that God's doing something really deep. But you don't rush it. I used to get so nervous when people like paused in church. <laughs> now I love it. Hmm. Yeah. So what I believe today is that the power of testimony changes something. That when I get to tell you about what I've feasted on, about the goodness of God, it gives you an appetite to ask for the same. I believe today that God wants to change the things that have felt like heavy waiting into messy intimacy with him that looks like your heart becoming part of his. That looks like being strengthened in joy. That looks like turning towards goodness. This is my amazing husband, Rainer, who watched all the crying. Bless him. And we're just going to spend the rest of the time just feasting with you all. Would you guys take the risk today of validating your feelings before the Father? I just invite each of you into risk. He won't disappoint you. I bet you have one more in you. One more. Bet you can trust him one more time. So just right where you are, if you just close your eyes for a second. Just ask this, say, Jesus... Will you show me my seat at your table? Just say, Jesus.
repent for looking at anything that you haven't done. Would you help me see this feast in a new way today? I feel like the Lord really wanted to do um, do some work in families. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of call out some things that I feel like He put on my heart to release today. And if if it connects in any way to you, um, I'd love for you just to be brave enough to stand or raise your hand. Just respond in some way. It can be in your own heart, can be in your own seat. That's that's totally between you and in the Lord, but I just feel like there's breakthrough in family available for us today. And I feel like there's there's been a process of waiting that, that maybe's weighed on you or weighed on your family. I just feel like the Lord wants to break that break that off of you and just and, and provide breakthrough show you what the promise is again because maybe in some way you've it's just been too long a road or too hard a road or it's just it's easy to forget and that's okay but I feel like the Lord just wants to remind us and invite us back to the table to spend some time with him and see see this thing how he sees it so if you're waiting for kids due to any reason it's just not time to have kids yet you've tried and it hasn't happened yet just if there's any any family any anyone waiting for the promise of children i just invite you to to take the invitation from the lord if you're if you're waiting for a spouse if you're waiting for the right person to be in your life at the right time a husband a wife you know god's got that for your life I just invite you to to respond to that invitation. If there's relationships in your family, I sense this in a lot of different areas, but if there's relationships in your family that you're believing for restoration in, I see it as siblings, I see it as um, parents to siblings, um, even spouses that have believed for their significant other to come to know the Lord at all or in, in this you know, to, they see the gold on their spouse's life and they're just waiting for, for it to click. And I just want to release the promise of heaven over you. feel the weight in the room and I feel like God wants to give you the gift of trading I'm just going to lead you guys in a prayer that looks like validating your feelings before him and you reword it however you need to reword it and if this makes you really uncomfortable you're welcome
say, God, this longing has made me heart sick. You don't have to repeat all the things, but if any of the things connect, you just reword it however you need to. God, I feel disappointed. I thought I would have seen this by now. God, I thought I would be good enough that you would have done this. I feel afraid you'll never do it. God, I'm tired. I feel hopeless. You know, it's okay to say those things to him. Father God, I hand you my feelings. Can you handle them? to say waiting you've taught me to feel afraid and you've taught me to self protect but I won't be listening to you anymore you're not comforting me or keeping me safe from disappointment Holy Spirit you can have your place back as my comforter. What does your comfort feel like? Father God, I'm sorry that I've seen this from my perspective. Show me how you see it. that I've seen this situation through. Would you teach me to see it how you see it? I give myself permission to see it the way you see it. you show me what's on the table to feast on? What have you prepared, especially for me?
to feast on today. Jesus, as I give you my heart, can I have yours in return? I just want to pray pray a blessing over you. Jesus, I just, I, I bless these families that are represented here. And I bless the children, the promise of children that you have for these families. I bless the the promise of making them complete and whole through the the union to their spouse. And I just bless them with, with breakthrough in their family. I just release restoration into relationships within their family that that they would see your goodness in the land of their living, in the land of their family, in the territory that they inhabit, in, the, in their dwelling places. Their homes will become full of the Holy Spirit in a new way. God, I just pray that you would visit the family members that they're, they're believing for. Visit them right now, wherever they are. I bless those relationships. I bless communication to immediately open up in new ways and I just I speak against any of the confusion or any of the the miscommunication that's that's created distance between family members represented here today God I just I ask that you would show Show them where you are in their family members' lives that they're believing for. Let them see where you are, how you're moving in their lives, the things that you're doing. Show them the things that you're doing so that we can not keep looking at the things you're not doing. I just thank you for every family represented here. I thank you, God, that is, you not only gave us our baby's name, you gave us the birth mother's name years ago, that we prayed for both of them every day. I thank you, God, that you know every detail of these family situations, that you care that much about this restoration and the breakthrough. So I just release that promise over your families. Why don't you just put your hand on your heart? Say, heart, I give you permission to be as big as you need to be, to come out of hiding, I feel like there's 
There's people who have been taught by circumstances over and over and over again that it's safer to hide. And I just feel the Lord calling you out of hiding, calling you back into intimacy with him. Say, heart, you're going to be safe. Jesus, would you show me you protecting my heart? seated I got a um, as we wrap up I got a couple couple things I wanted to a couple words I felt like the Lord gave me this morning so I just want to throw them out there um, is there a Ryan here by name Ryan or Adam awesome when I find that guy, he's going to get wrecked. Um, what about a Michelle? Michelle. Man, they're probably hanging out together. Give me Michelle. Waiting on you, girl. I'll come back to Michelle. Is there an Abby or Abigail? Yeah? You mind standing up? Is it Abby? Okay. Um, sweet. Here we go, God. Um, so I, I, I saw when I heard your name. Um, were you here when Abby Stumball spoke here? Okay. So I thought of Abby Stumball when I heard the name Abby. Um, and for anybody that wasn't here, she spoke uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, um, these guys hosted her. Um, so I just see you as like fiery and powerful, just like she is. Um, and I feel like the Lord said, your pain to your, your pain in your journey um, and your struggle is not going to destroy you. Um, is it, is, I feel like there's something that you've like, a season that you've walked through that you're just like, this looks like it's connecting, so that's good. Um, and so I, the Lord just wants you to know, like, it's not, it's not going to destroy you. There's probably been moments where it's, like, felt all-consuming, and, like, there's just, this is, surra- like, I'm surrounded by, like, trial and fire, but the Lord gave me a picture of the burning bush, and he's like, I can, I let that thing be consumed, but I didn't let it be destroyed. And so, what the Lord wants you to know is that you're not going to burn up, and you're not going to burn out. Um, that God's fire is actually marking you for a testimony that's going to be generational. And people are going to look back and be like, remember when that, and it's the season that you've been in that's felt just all-consuming. And the Lord's like, that's okay. I've been in that with you. Like, I'm actually letting it consume you because it's building in you something that's, that's, that's got to last. And so it's got to be tested. And the Lord's not putting you through whatever you're coming against, um, but he's, he's, he's with you in the middle of it and he's allowing it to take place so that 
your family will never be the same in the best way. But he's like, I can't get you where I need to take you if we don't spend time here in this. So whatever's going on, I just want to bless you with the encouragement to just like keep trucking, keep going. Like it's not going to destroy you. It's not going to burn you up. It's not, you're not going to fizzle out. Um, and so it, it's, it's actually marking your family um, in a generational way where like your grandkids and, and great grandkids are going to like be impacted um, by the season that you're in right now. So I just want to bless you with that. So let me just pray for you. Jesus, I just, um, I bless Abby uh, just with supernatural endurance, um, with, with the grace to, to keep walking this road, to, to keep going in this journey. Um, and I just, um, I speak against hopelessness and I speak against despair. And I just, I bless you with, um, with the promises of, of what God has shown you is going to come out of this season. Um, and I just thank you, Lord, for just being with her in that. Thank you for um, not letting it destroy her, um, God, that, that the consumption um, that she's feeling is actually a, a, a consuming, uh, your consuming fire around her heart, around her life, um, that, God, she's actually intertwined with you. Um, and I just hear that worship song, like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Um, so I just bless you with a new realization of that um, as you walk through this. In Jesus' name. ready for Michelle? Okay. Virtual Michelle. Okay. So for Michelle, I heard, uh, I can't sing it, but Michelle, my bell, the Beatles song. Um, and I feel like God's just courting, um, courting her, uh, that he's pursuing her and inviting her into this, this like intimate, journey with him, which I don't even know what that song's about. I just keep hearing that, that phrase, but, um, I just feel like the Lord is just like literally standing there in a tux waiting to like take her on a date, take her in quarter and just, um, romanticize her. I think that's a real word, but that, that he's just like such a hopeless romantic, such a hopeful romantic, um, that, that he's just like, wants to take her to this new place um, and, it, and it's going to be a little uncomfortable at first because it's like Jesus I didn't know we could do this you know like but it's just this um, like he just he's so in love with her and like wants to dote on her wants to court her and like just sing songs to her and like sees her as, as his bell his beauty so just bless Michelle in that, in that process is there a Hannah Does Hannah Banana mean anything to you? Yeah, okay. I just heard the Lord say, Hannah, remember you're Hannah Banana. I feel like things have maybe felt really serious and God's calling you back into fun. I release the joy of the Lord to be your strength. Whew. Come on. The joy of the Lord. I felt like your laugh was hiding and it can come out now. The Lord just wants you to know that he sees you. I feel like his nickname for you is Hannah Banana.
I just feel the, the heart of God towards you saying, it's okay to have fun. I know it's been hard. I know it's felt serious. I feel like you've been, are you like in school? There's, okay. I feel like you've been like really working hard. And he's like, you were made for this. It's not gonna be hard for you in the ways that you think it's gonna be hard for you because you're actually anointed for this. You're gonna like rewrite things. You're going to, I don't know if you're a writer or if you study a lot. Is this like, this is law school? This is law school, yeah. I feel like God's like, it's gonna be easy for you. There's a way that you're gonna like relearn. Like when it feels hard, when it feels like resistance, God's like, it's okay for it to feel hard, but Hannah Banana, we're gonna have fun in this because you're gonna rewrite laws. You're gonna change the hearts of people because you're gonna do it different than generations before. You're gonna do it with my heart. You're not gonna come against stone with stone. You're gonna come against stone with breath and the breath of heaven is gonna change things through you. You're gonna change the things around you. You're gonna be moved and motivated by compassion. You're gonna rule in peace and rule in grace. And I just release you to have fun again. I feel like God's like, she's my star student. I just see him like looking over all the notes that you've taken and the ways that you're learning and the, the things that you're doing. And he's so proud of you. He's so proud of how hard you work. He's proud of the excellence that you carry. Your life is marked by excellence and you're an excellent daughter. You're an excellent daughter in the natural and you're an excellent daughter to your father in heaven. And he's pleased with you. You're enough and you're really fun. <laughs> Do you run? I just see him running with you. I see you like running in trails with him and him just singing refreshment over you. I release you to run the race that he has marked for you. It's not gonna be too long or too hard. You were made for this. Gotta just bless Hannah in Jesus' name. I release the breath of heaven to come soften every area where she was taught that she had to be hard to be successful. I just release her to have a soft, compassionate heart that you created. Thank you, God, for the ways that you're marking her life. Let her never be the same, God. Thank you, Lord. All right, one more shot. Is there, is there a Brian? Brian, okay. Is, does, is Adam any part of your name? Okay. That's cool. I heard Ryan Adams. I'll tell you why I'm asking these questions. I heard Ryan Adams, and I'll tell you the word in just a second, but I'm like, I know this is, this is real, so um, I felt like it was a musician, so I looked up, and I'm like, there's, there's Brian Adams, right? So, so are you a musician? Okay. Are you, um, then this probably, I was going to ask if you, like, I see, I heard Ryan Adams or Brian Adams, musician, American Idol or The Voice. You haven't tried out for either of those, correct? I'm assuming. Okay. All right. Not yet. Okay, cool. All right. Well, 
Yeah, now you are. So I'm just kidding. Um, so here, here's, I mean, it still makes sense in my mind. It just, God does stuff in funny ways sometimes to like, I don't know why, but he does. So um, I feel like the Lord said that you're, you're anointed to break down idols in your family, like that there's been generational things um, that your family's put up um, knowingly or unknowingly, it doesn't really matter, but like you have this anointing on your life to break idols in your family um, and that uh, it's also going to help break, uh, you have anointing to help break idols in this city and even be a part of breaking things down uh, across the country, really. And so um, the voice part is your voice is powerful and important um, and that like as you as you step into this, as you learn to just explore this with God and, and it's like ask him, you know, go on the journey of him, with him of um, what that means to him, what that means for your life. Um, it's going to, you're going to have more and more opportunity to, um, are, are you on radio or something? Is there, okay. What do you do? Now I'm just curious, but okay, you're in sales. Okay. So, um, so you have, yeah, I, I see you just breaking things off of um, corporate entities off of um, like you have a way to walk into a room and immediately hear the voice of God for someone or, or, or for the the room or the business that you're in and without even really being spiritual about it you're going to have a way to like connect to people's hearts that are going to just um, help them turn from idols in their lives whether they know they are or not and turn to the Lord so um, I just bless you with with this breaker anointing to walk in and, and see people the way God sees them. It's a, I think you've got a, a an, uh, uh, losing my train of thought here. A prophetic, but evangelical gift. And like, it's kind of meshed together. Like, so you see people for how God sees them. And then in that, in that connection to their heart and that connection to seeing how heaven sees them, you actually have a really crazy gift to like lead people to the Lord or just to, just to, um, evangelize to them and tell them about how God loves them. But it's this like dynamic of like, you, like, I feel like you felt these things, but the Lord wants you to know, like saying them, like your voice is powerful and important and it's gonna, it's gonna break down walls in people's hearts. And like I said, idols that, that they've held up that they didn't even know they were holding up but the way that you're going to see people and just talk to them, like your voice is so calming but and and comforting, but really, really powerful, especially when you start tapping into um, the Lord's heart for people that you encounter. Um, and it's, it's he's going to give you these clues and give you ways to see them and talk to them and, and really um, connect with them in a way that they're just, they're going to feel safe with you. And then you're just going to be able to tell them about God in your life and in their life and how God loves them and sees them. And all of a sudden, it's just going to be like, whoa, I didn't, know, like, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, so I just bless that on your life, man. I really do. Um, your voice is, is so significant and so important to the Lord. Um, so as you cultivate that conversation with him, he's going to help you get that out because, like, it's needed. It's needed to, to free to bring freedom to this city, bring freedom to your family. And that's going to launch ripple effects um, across the country. So you have family like across the country? 
Yeah. So I think that's what the, the national thing like. There's going to be like hot spots. God's going to start in your family and it's going to affect the cities that you're in and that your families are in. And then all of a sudden, like the whole country's going to look different because of that. So bless you with that. Amen.